Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, Macabre Manor, Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. He's James. And he's Jody. Yay! <laughs> you thought you were going to fuck me up, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Wasn't sure if I was going to succeed, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if we're doing something else, I might have been caught off guard, but I was already really cognizant about not doing the whole... I'm James Beeblebox, the zero Seamus and nothing. <laughs> and and so because I was focused on not to be a dumbass, I managed to not be a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> All right. But let's say, for example, you got to fuck Eccentrica Glumbut the triple-breasted whore of Eroticon 6, just once. Uh-huh. That one time would be awesome, right? Uh, yeah. So fuck you. It's awesome that I'm not a dumbass once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move on. Okay. <laughs> okay, real quick, just so people can match this up. I am uh-huh. still having, it's a second, but I'm just having the second of my old chub scotch ale so, so you can all match that up from a previous episode. Yes. Oscar Blues. Yes. And Jody is having triple-breasted whore. No, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm having dihydrogen monoxide. Don't you know that's bad for you? <laughs> Only if you drink enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is accurate. <laughs> All right, we really got to stop talking. <laughs> yeah. What's this episode about, James? <laughs> the pal... The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy says is about the most massively useful thing an interstellar hitchhiker can have because of a thousand different things. Today, well, not today, I guess this coming Wednesday from when this comes out is going to be Tal Day. Yes. Welcome to another Terror's Holiday Special. Yeah. Yes, Tal Day. Celebrated every year on 25th of May. As a tribute to the author Douglas Adams, because it was two weeks after his death on the 11th of May. And instead of actually celebrating, you know, like he died and they set something up so quick, even back in 2001 at the beginnings of all cool social media, they set some shit up. So like within two weeks of his death, everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, that's, that's, that's a different franchise. <laughs> so, Tal Day. Towels are important in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Never leave home without one and should definitely never travel and hitchhike across the galaxy without one. Yes. You know, you can put some protein on one corner in case you're hungry and some Xanax on the other in case you're stressed. And <laughs> you, can, you can tie it around your eyes. So that way the ravenous bug bladder beast, the trawl uh, beast, the the thing so stupid that it assumes if you can't see it, it can't see you. So it doesn't eat you. Yep. Ah, towels. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we got a special thing for you coming up. But first, I thought that we could talk about what we do on. Well, can you smell the smoke? (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it is? That's... (laughs) My poor gears are... <laughs> it's a little hazy outside. I wasn't sure what that was. <laughs> and I'm 400 miles away. <laughs> thinking. Don't talk to me about thinking. <laughs> okay. So I was thinking, but then it hurt. So I stopped. Good. <laughs> we could 
we could discuss what we do on Tal Day. And, and to be honest, I don't know how often you, my good man, celebrate it. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think I have. But that's usually because I forget. Until, I've got it on my outlook calendar. Yeah, I, I, I usually forget until I see it on social media because you're doing something. I'm what? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's Tal Day. <laughs> so this week, this week, this year, it's going to be on a Wednesday, next Wednesday. Which barbecue is a, day. A special day for Jody, barbecue day. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get those special lemon-soaked paper napkins. <laughs> jerk <laughs> oh yes there you go see that's that's all we ask yeah but I, I celebrate every year my celebrations vary i always carry a towel around i okay so first should always have a towel and i do i've got one in my office always at least one if not three in my car for various reasons you know go hiking so that's one i can put on the floorboard so i don't get mud all over the place or yeah if it's raining i can use it to towel off like various awesome reasons I actually, now that I think about it, I have a towel in my Jeep. See? Yeah, I'll, I'll actually, on that day, I will actually literally carry it around on my shoulder or in my backpack, you know, so it's on me. Yeah. Usually wear a Hitchhiker's Guide nerd shirt, you know, whether it says don't panic or whatever. Yeah. And if I can get away with it, I'll go out for a hike, you know. I mean, hiking's a good reason to go out anyway, whether it's Tolkien and Hobbits or <laughs> yeah, hitchhiking by hiking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if it's a Thursday, I love to go to bars and order three pints of bitter and peanuts and see what the reaction is because uh, that's in there. But that's because yeah. Thursdays, I never could get the hang of Thursdays. <laughs> but it's also, I may do that no matter what. I may not ask for it, but I will go out and get a pint of whatever English beer is available when I can. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's not like I have special food other than the pint of bitter or ESB or at least a, a nice ipa and some peanuts yeah and carry my towel around nerd shirt maybe a hike if i can sometimes i can't that's it cool i'm actually trying to do something this year so as a special part of this episode we mentioned doing this in one of the previous hitchhiker's guide to the galaxies episodes i think during the primary phase a couple years ago yeah said we're going to talk about some of the songs a little more in depth because there are three special songs at least i mean there there may be more but i I definitely know these three have a very special connection to the douglas adams and hitchhiker's guide Mm -hmm. and uh, we we thought for tal day we would discuss these three songs yeah do you have a preference on what order we do them in my good man nope i i I say we start with the one that's on my first page (laughs) i I made a few notes be the a good one yeah Let's do that. Yeah. Start at the beginning. A beginning is a good place to start. Yeah. Journey of the Sorcerer by Eagles. Yes. Excellent. Excellent song. It's great. You know what? The lyrics, mwah, top notch. <laughs> oh, the best. The best. Even better than Story to Heaven. You cannot fault the lyrics. There's no fault in any of these lyrics. Oh, sorry. An instrumental from 1975 is <laughs> one of these nights. And in all honesty, probably the best Eagles song there ever was. Well, maybe Hotel California, but. <laughs> yeah, arguably those two. And I, I may throw a couple others out there for different reasons, but overall for musicianship and just awesome, awesomeness. Yeah. 
yeah, those two are are the top. Oh, I I've got um, yeah, I've got all the Eagles studio albums. And Journey of the Sorcerer is about the only song of theirs I'll actually listen to anymore. Yeah. <laughs> because because I've heard Hotel California way too many fucking times. Oh yeah, overplayed on yes radio. Yeah, and the the rest of it's you know I mean well uh, James Dean was a really cool song, but it's cool. Yeah, kind of poppy but, for the yeah, for, but for Eagles, not, but. but it's not Journey of the Sorcerer. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Would you like some background on it? Yes, although, although before you get to the background, I would like to say that the the version that's in the movie, in the, in the feature film, is a newer recording, so it wasn't the Eagles. I don't know exactly. I I mean, whoever did the soundtrack. Dobie Talbot. Yeah. I, I like it because it's shorter, but I, I still think the Eagles version is better. I agree on both those. Yeah. But I will say all of them. Uh, let's uh-huh. see. There's Tim Suster, Souster, who did uh, the the first radio series LP version, uh, oh, okay. and, and Patty Kingsland, who we talked about in, in a previous episode, did the radio series, and Joey Joby Talbot for the film. They're all very good, similar, yeah, to, to Eagles version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like them all. Actually, it's my uh, current ringtone. You ready for background, or did you have more? I'm ready for background. All right. So from 1975's One of These Nights, peaked at number one in the U.S. Yeah. So back in the day, it was, is you know, I, you don't hear it on the radio anymore. No. Like I Honestly, I don't think I've ever heard it outside of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or when I like looked it up myself or had played it from an Eagles album. But yeah. other top ten were Australia, Canada, the Dutch charts, New Zealand charts, Norwegian way charts, sorry, Norwegian charts, <laughs> and the UK. And it is four times platinum in the US, double platinum in Australia, and platinum in Canada and United Kingdom. It's written, and here you go. Anybody who knows just a little bit about Eagles may not know this name because it was written by Bernie Leiden. Yeah, he was uh he was one of the guitarists right yeah uh, well yes but he did all sorts of fucking like he was a multi-instrumentalist, multi-instrumentalist yeah yeah he did guitar but on this one he did the banjo like he did so many different things that's why okay so here uh friction of don henley and glenn fry not wanting the song on the album was one of the causes for bernie leaving the band mm-hmm. he was the last original member to join and help shape the music and you'll hear when he leaves, and then uh, Joe Walsh, right, joined. Yeah, yeah. But and both, both good. Oh yeah. And but you can still detect a difference in the sound between them. Yeah. Another reason why he left was the band's movement towards album-oriented rock, which mm-hmm. we talked about, and Jody's given very good examples of in a couple episodes. Yeah. And uh, they were leaving the Southern California country rock sound. Yeah, I was I was gonna say when their their earlier stuff had more of a country feel to it, so country rock. Yeah, when Joe Walsh comes in, it takes on more of a rock, contemporary rock sound. Yeah, in fact, their uh, greatest hits, nineteen seventy one to nineteen seventy five album, which highlighted his time with the band, is the best selling album in U.S. history at thirty eight million units. Yeah, and he left the band in nineteen seventy five. 
by pouring a beer on Glenn Fry's head. <laughs> I can't say that was a bad thing to do. <laughs> I like Glenn Fry, but I would not have been able to work with Glenn Fry. Well, our high school band. Eh, yeah. <laughs> like we all worked well together and it was great for a while, but hell, our small little thing eventually egos kind of got the better of a few of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a, a, a quick note, and then we can talk about the music if you want. But the creator, Douglas Adams, mm-hmm. liked the track so much that he wanted it to be the theme tune for the series. Yep. And we both, and I found this after we recorded series one, we both actually said the two reasons why, but we both only picked one of the reasons. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, Adams chose this song for its futuristic sounding nature, which james stated in a previous episode but also for the fact that it had a banjo in it that he loved which jody stated in a previous episode yep <laughs> which adam said would give it an on the road hitchhiking feel to it yeah kind of does i could talk about this song but it's just so weird and awesome and futury and old-timey and everything that you should listen yeah. to it in all honesty it kind of has a cosmic feel to it Definitely. it's Well, I'm assuming in Southern California, 1975, they were getting stoned to the bejesus bell. I'm, I'm sure they were. And, you know, you're on LSD or getting high off of cactus juice or whatever the hell. <laughs> you're right. It's trippy. I do cocaine. <laughs> Who wants to do cocaine? <laughs> oh, wait. Is that the, is that the clown? From yeah. Middle Apocalypse, or is that David Lee Roth? <laughs> that was kind of a combination of him and Gene Simmons. So <laughs> it, it can be three things. <laughs> it can be three things. Yeah, except Gene didn't do drugs. I mean, that's <laughs> that's true. I, I as much as I harsh on Gene, kudos to him. Yeah. Although I bet David Lee Roth had more fun. <laughs> it's fun. Fun is what you make it. <laughs> it's that's a subjective call. Yeah. They both sold millions of records, toured the world thousands of women <laughs> yep kudos to both of them i hate you both <laughs> yep <laughs> anyway i'm gonna take a put the pint to my face you talk about the song i just did talk about the song what the hell <laughs> okay as a quick pint okay <laughs> i think yeah listen to it it's 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 awesome it's like, you know what we'll put a uh, 15 20 seconds at the end of the the this episode yeah that'll work that'll work yeah whatever we can put in there that won't get us sued or told us to take down (laughs) yeah okay ready move on i sure okay the next one is for the second book released in 1980 which means it is the 42nd anniversary of this that you should have heard in a series phase two no yeah secondary phase the restaurant at the end of the universe and there's a special song called Grand Hotel by the band Procol Harum. And it, it, what it did was it influenced Douglas Adams and his creation of Millie Way's The Restaurant at the End of the Universe. Would you like me to give some background? Or do you want to talk about the song first? Uh, I said, sure. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not actually telling me which one to do, so I'm going to just <laughs> jump in and give some... Uh... <laughs> uh-huh. Procol Harum had one very particular effect on my life, said Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy author Douglas Adams in 1997. Grand Hotel always used to interest me. 
because while Keith Reed's lyrics were all about this beautiful hotel, the silver, the chandeliers, all those kind of things, suddenly in the middle of the song, there's this huge orchestral climax, which in the middle of a song, that's not really a climax, Douglas, but that's okay. <laughs> Crescendo, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so he said, I thought it sounds as if there ought to be some sort of floor show going on, something huge and extraordinary. Extraordinary. Like the end of the universe. So that was where the idea for the restaurant at the end of the universe came from. Procol Harem's Grand Hotel. Cool. I think this was an outtake that I don't even think I kept in because it was kind of an odd thing. But when we recorded the secondary phase restaurant at the end of the universe things, I had mentioned the difference between the book, the Big Bang Burger Bar, and the radio series, the Big Bang Burger Chef. Something about America has a burger chef and it's awesome. And maybe they had to change it for that. I don't know. Be could be. So I know that I had that in the notes. I think I mentioned it and either yeah. took it out or I didn't even mention it because I was reading through the notes as we we're recording. I'm like, fuck it. I want to say I remember something about that. They were, uh, they, I think they were the first burger chain to introduce a kid's meal. Oh, neat. Yeah, I think. If I, if I, I remember right, because I've because I've looked up stuff on them in you know, in, in, over the years, and the uh, the two characters that they used for advertising were Burger Chef and his sidekick Jeff. So it's Burger <laughs> Chef and Jeff. Yeah. With that in mind, with Big Bang Burger Chef, Big Bang Burger Bar, whatever, mm -hmm. I didn't know until I started researching the song that there's another song. So technically four, even though I won't give anything about it except for this. But Bringing Home the Bacon, also by Procol Harum, mm -hmm. written by Keith Reed, was inspired by American hamburger joint menus. And he's talking about this in the uh, 70s. said it's about American menus we saw in the visits there, because Procol Harum is English. Yes. Tender juicy steaks, breastfed baby duckling, three-day-old honey-fed, fresh thin-sliced delicious gourmet veal, <laughs> and all, this, all these things. Uh, and, and he talked about it's really just about obesity in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then in 1997, Douglas Adams admitted the song almost certainly was the inspiration, along with the Grand Hotel, for the restaurant at the end of the universe. Cool. By the way, I, I usually look up where things uh, peaked on charts, and I don't have it in here, so I'm assuming. Oh, I know why. Is uh, We're talking about the single and or the song, and either it wasn't released as a single or the single didn't peak the album itself didn't do bad in the, the it was in the top 10 in a few places and, and top 20 or so in a couple places but i, I don't think it was re, it either wasn't released as a single or the single did not do well but the album didn't do horribly bad cool yeah i think here in the states a wider shade of pale was their only real hit I, i'll be honest i am not familiar with it I really, yeah, and here in America, in the States, it wasn't big. I, because I found out about the song in Hitchhiker's Guide, I've listened to it a lot. And in prep for this episode, I listened to it several times. And it's it's cool. It's, it's uh, experimental rock. It's, it's oh, here you go. Are you, are you ready? Yes. Get ready to uh, take a drink of your poison water. Okay. <laughs> it is avant-garde oh <laughs> oh duchess oh how avant-garde but okay yeah it's, it's it's 
awesome is I love the lyrics and it does. It talks about soaking sheets and eat rare meats and gambling and candlelight chandeliers and silver plates. And, and tonight we dine at the hotel Ritz, a golden dish with every rich. I, I wish I, I've got the lyrics here in front of me because they're part of my notes, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it talks about being at this most gorgeous of hotels. And when you read the book, you can get that picture and the BBC TV series when they go there. It is very accurate with all the gold and gilding and the, the fancy waiter. And the they did a good job of putting that on TV. Cool. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. Oh, that was one of the better scenes. Yeah, which we have talked about. So I won't go into how the meat of the day where they'll meet the meat is a former Doctor Who. <laughs> the father-in-law of a different Doctor Who. David Tennant, who also, by the way, voiced Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I knew as soon as you said David Tennant. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. I've actually got a couple more notes. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Peaked at 18 in Canada. 21 in the U.S. and 28 in Australia. I just had a different spot than the other song. Oh, okay. And it did get silver in the U.K. So Grand Hotel from their sixth studio album, Grand Hotel, March 1973. Okay. Written by Keith Reed, the lyricist, and Gary Brooker, vocals and piano, who died this year, February 19th, 2022. Yeah. Huh. And Grand Hotel appears on the surface to be a concept album. The concept, according to lyricist Keith Reed, doesn't extend beyond the title tune. I, I did look it up. Keith Reed was only the lyricist. That's all he did. Okay, cool. So I did remember semi correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking at these other things and I think we've kind of talked about all of them, but it's it's kind of autobiographical about Procol Harum on the road song with the, the grandeur of the roads and then all the expressions for food and wine and sparkling chandelier and, and they're trying to make an atmosphere. And I think they did a good job if you, if you listen to this. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the words I want to use. I said avant-garde, and that's right, but it's 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 basic 70s experimental Prog pop rock. fusion rock stuff. Yeah, progressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like wider shade of... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Wider shade of pale. Yeah. Wider shade of pale. Almost a gray. No idea why. <laughs> um, it's It's more experimental than that but it's really good cool and yeah and i do like the crescendo with the instrumentalization in this it's 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 an awesome song would it have inspired me like it did douglas adams maybe maybe not take inspiration where you can get it i'm ready to move on if you are um yeah didn't know if you had anything else on grand hotel um so the third song of our trilogy in the ever-expanding six-book series of the Hitchhiker's Guide trilogy. <laughs> Double trilogy. <laughs> From, or for, rather, I guess, for, yeah, for, for is more accurate. The 1984 fourth book of the trilogy, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. We haven't talked about that yet. We, we haven't. I'll talk about the song now. And we'll eventually get to the actual quadrinary phase. Okay. But 
this will just be the song. So okay. Keep this in mind for when we get there in a couple of years. <laughs> okay. In that book, mentioned when Arthur and Finchurch finally kiss because, quote, the record had got to that bit, which, if you knew the record, you would know it made it impossible not to do this, unquote, is Tunnel of Love by Dire Straits. Ah. My other favorite part of that chapter is we've talked, well, I'm going to semi quote here, paraphrase. We've talked a lot about Arthur Dent. And what people really want to know is is he a man? Does he fuck? <laughs> and this is where they start talking about how they learn. So we've talked about, have we, we've talked about, yeah, we've talked about flying, right? Mm-hmm. Throw yourself at the ground and miss. And miss. And yeah, Arthur and Finchurch fly and fuck. Yep. So not, you know, not a huge spoiler. It came out in 1984. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I had seen this quote and I knew it was dire straits. But because when I read the book, the internet was not what it is today. It took me for fucking ever to find this motherfucking song. <laughs> and when I finally did, actually not super long ago, because <laughs> after 20 years of reading it and not caring, it takes you a while before you're like, oh, yeah, I bet I can find that now. Could have just gone to the record store. No, no, I didn't know the song. Like, I knew it was Dire Straits. Oh. Did not know what song. It doesn't tell you in the book which song it was. It just says, they're listening to Dire Straits and the record uh, I got to that bit. Uh, okay. It doesn't tell you the song or even the fucking album. So you'd have to go through every Dire Straits. And hope when you hear the song, you're like, oh, that's where I would want to fuck. I, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah in 1984 or actually i probably read this a little later but you know whether it's 12 or 22 every song is a song i won the fuck to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it took me forever to read like after a while i'm like oh yeah the internet i could probably find it now so would you like some background on this song <laughs> yes okay it is 1981 single from the 1980 album Making Movies, the album during which David Knopfler left the band due to fighting with his brother, Mark Knopfler. But this is one of the very few where it's really not just Mark Knopfler because credit is also given to Rogers and Hammerstein for the carousel waltz at the beginning because he used that for the intro into the song. Yes, it was uh, about a girl. He met at the Spanish City Amusement Park where he grew up. Uh, he spent an evening with her and they remained anonymous. And he never said he felt stronger for anyone than the girl. And, you know, the song tells the story. So kind of neat. Uh, Spanish City, by the way, is in Whitley Bay. When you hear Spanish, it's, it's still in the northeast of England in Northumberland. Cool. And by the way, Knopfler, they grew up 10 miles away. And I love this fucking name. Newcastle upon Tyne. <laughs> Speaking of it, Mark Knopfler talked about the moment of writing the song and the bliss he achieved with this one. And he said, it's the moment when you know you're really onto something. Happened to me when I was writing Tunnel of Love. There's a certain part of the song that I call the breakdown. And when I got there, I could feel the drums, the piano, and all the things I wanted all the instruments to do. When you get to that state, there's a strange sense of one thing following another, of elements falling into place quite naturally. 
I wonder if that's the point in the song that uh, Douglas Adams was talking about. Uh, could be that part, but I would say also that the guitar solo kicks ass. Cool. It's awesome. It evokes a feeling. Okay, so these are my notes. To me, it evokes, evoked a feeling of longingness and wanting to find and be with someone you lost along the way. Cool. Now, to be fair, to be fair, I, I made that note after reading about how he wrote the song and the Douglas Adams. So, you know, it's not like I came up with that on my own, but knowing the background, I listened mm-hmm. to it and I'm like, yeah. Cool. And uh, there are two videos, one of which stars Leslie Ash, who also had a role in the Who movie, Quadrophenia. Cool. I've seen that. It's good. It is. But as, as far as the actual song goes, Tunnel of Love, I like it. It's good. It's honestly, out of these three, it's my least favorite, even though I love Dire Straits. Lyrics are good. They don't quite call to me like, uh, they, they don't match quite as well, but they're really good. But man, I tell you, it's still good. The lyrics are good, but that solo, whew, baby. Awesome. Did you get a chance to listen to it? No. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yes. <laughs> I, I don't have notes on certifications because they really didn't have any. Uh, it hit gold in Italy. Kind of it. Okay. I'm glad it inspired Douglas Adams to talk about Arthur Dent fucking. <laughs> yeah. But that's. That's what it has on all the songs. So if you'd like to talk about anything, my good sir, I'm happy to eat a few peanuts and have um, a bitter. So, oh, uh, real quick before I, I give the mic over to you. Uh-huh. The pints of bitter and the peanuts are to cushion your system because Ford Prefix saved Arthur Dent from the earth blowing up by going through a matter transporter. The matter transporter fucks you up and the saltiness and the alcohol cushion it yes all right i'm gonna eat some peanuts and have a a drink of my scotch ale while you talk about whatever the hell you want (laughs) are are you sure you want to give me that much freedom (laughs) i don't have that many peanuts take your time (laughs) (laughs) um sweet no eagles purple harem (laughs) Dire Straits. I was wondering which band you were going to say. <laughs> Boys, I did see a note that I forgot to mention. Oh, man. Oh, it's quick. Very quick. Okay. Going back to Journey of the Sorcerer, first uh-huh. radio series LP release was a new version by Tim Souster. Yes. Souster, who also did some work on the Green Man uh, film, which is based on the Kingsley Amos novel, The Green Man. Okay. Kingsley Amos is somebody I've mentioned in this podcast for his writing about drinking yeah talk about you you, that's another drink because you just referenced another episode and i just finished up my second old chub (laughs) of the night not this episode yeah Woo! (laughs) (laughs) so by the way uh i did mention also patty kingsland you did did the uh, journey of the sorcerer for the lady the later radio series yes do you also know who he worked with? Uh, no. Do you, do you remember from the secondary phase episodes? Um, no. Okay. 
He also did some music for Doctor Who, who also had David Tennant, who is Scrooge McDuck. Ha <laughs> ha! Somehow I knew it was going to go back to Scrooge McDuck. Because otherwise you wouldn't have brought it the hell up. <laughs> Everything goes back to Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything else? No. <laughs> I, too, am good. Debatable, but okay. <laughs> okay, how about I, too, am fine? Okay. All right. Do you have anything else, my good sir? I do not. My good man. <laughs> my good gentleman. Hello. <laughs> All right, so I guess we should say, share us, rate us, review us. Yes. We should. Or, yeah, you or, just did. Uh, yeah, I should not just. I have. <laughs> thusly, amongst the universe where I'm hitchhiking. Yes. Things and stuff. Mm. All right. <laughs> so, on that note, if you, my good gentleman, are good. Yes, I am. I am Gentleman James. Okay, I guess I'm Gentleman Jody. Liar! <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah so, so, sometimes when i when i finally get to work i walk in and my coworker says, says good morning sir i start looking around like who the hell are you talking to what <laughs> calling me that <laughs> all right well my good sir <laughs> well, who <laughs> no eagles <laughs> All right, y'all go listen to these four, three, eight songs, whatever. And I'm James. I'm Jody. And we will hearken at you later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Never mind, man. I don't want no hearken on my bread. <laughs> See, I should have been pulling something else up while you're getting your water. I'm glad you added up after that because I didn't want to know what you were pulling. <laughs> I needed to pull one out. <laughs> Put that away. <laughs> Don't touch those. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because you forgot Rocky Horror. Well, actually, I did know a funny Alzheimer's joke, but I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> Go solo. <laughs> And how that worked for us. <laughs> Here we are. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> We're very educational. Probably you just looked it up, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I was going to admit it if you didn't call me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>